commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Greg Scott and you're listening to Core World News, your holiday news show in depth coverage of the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, for your news segment rundown for July 16th, 2021. 99 problems with a bad batch, 8 1. Boba's bounty board. But first, a special question in our Mayor Begunners. All right. Thank you very much, Grex. Um, and welcome, everyone, to another week of Core World News. Uh, this week, uh, it is Grant and I and Grex. Uh, and that's it for now. Adam is in transit. His shuttle got hung up on a comet or something. Uh, but hopefully he'll this, be joining us a bit later. Grex will be sitting in with us on a podcast. <laughs> right. Well, I thought I'd come at some point and join you. He's just kind of quiet, usually. He's always there, you know. Yeah. Oh, um, he's reaching for his hair mousse right now. Okay. <laughs> um, fantastic. Uh, yeah, so we got a question from Casual Jason. It is time. Do you want to buy some death sticks? For another man, bag on. I want to go home and rethink my life. Um, which, much to my delight when I saw it. Um, and he has a question. It says, would adult Boba Fett have been a bigger threat to Mace Windu than Django was? Or was Mace just that powerful? We'll give you a second to mull that over. Uh, I'm going to say no. Knee-jerk response, no. Thinking more deeply about it, we'll have to find out. I mean, we we still have the Book of Boba series, you know, coming out shortly. And we'll see, you know, who the antagonists are in that and who is their, our formidable foes. And I doubt any can compare to Mace Windu. He's a Jedi Master uh, Council member who had... You know, he had specialized in lightsaber combat that dealt with the dark side. Like, not a lot of Jedi delved into this stuff. Um, he's basically top-tier Jedi um, elite. I don't know if... Uh, you think uh, Bubba would just be another speed bump for Mace? Yeah, yeah that's, our, that's where I'll land on this. All right, so I've... Uh, full disclosure, I've looked at this question a little bit longer than you have. And so I'll, I'll give you my full journey. Uh, initially, I felt the same way you did. And I was like, I don't know, like Django is like closer to the Mandalorians. Like he was slick. He like, you know, he was the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy, which you could say Boba Fett is for his time, too. But Django was like, you know, he, like he had a clean look. He was like trained and all that. And like, yeah, like Mace just did away with him. However, when I thought about it more, I feel like Boba had all that, like all that tutelage from his father, plus School of Hard Knocks, right? The, you know, Boba did a bid, at least one, um, you know, did some time. Um, and then and then the whole time he's focusing on killing Jedi like he you know, you know, he was playing that that interaction over and over in his head and is probably like specifically honing himself to kill Jedi and specifically Mace Windu should they ever cross paths again, which could happen by the way. See, that's uh, what's most interesting about this question. I think is not just, you know, uh, comparing the two characters as fighters, but to think about how their stories could collide again, because we know that Boba, this is the revenge Boba's always wanted is to, uh, yeah. you know, enact revenge against the man who killed his father in Mace Windu. And so that's, 
that's still a story that's there, but obviously Mace Windu's fate, I think, is sealed in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, a lot of people have speculated, and there's been, you know, fan fervor for some sort of Mace material that follows his uh, descent from the window uh, into the Coruscant, you know, uh, underworld city works, city works. And, uh, and it, I feel like I don't I don't know if there's a Mace story after that, but I think there's a Mace prequel. I think you could do a Disney Plus series Mace prequel. Mm. Uh, young Mace joining the Order, all that stuff. Maybe the Jedi experience through Mace Windu is a very fitting. I think that's the human character that I think would be the best vehicle for us as audience, an audience to kind of get into Jedi training and understanding the Jedi trials, and and especially in a very kind of like academic way. I think that'd be fun to use Mace as the Harry Potter almost of like the Jedi Temple. Oh, that would be very cool. That would be very cool. Yeah, I'd love to see that story. I I am in that camp of of online weirdos that thinks there's another Mace Windu story to be told. Um, I would love to hear what happens after I'd want it to be a while, but maybe he has amnesia and doesn't know and goes on these like crazy adventures or like PTSD or like, I, I don't know. Or he's just silently plotting his revenge and like never gets around to it. Cause maybe he gets killed by Boba Fett. I don't know. Um, it's like the most over the top Sam Jackson cyberpunk. Yeah. Neo futurist. Yeah underworld mace windu movie where he's just running around with like yeah. cyber appendages yeah like you know how does he get his arm back and then like does he, he i think he still has his lightsaber it's just like out it fell out the window with him you know yeah i would i would say like let samuel jackson write that story like let him write a movie That's and just like go idea. crazy you know just do whatever you want because in theory he you know he doesn't have to make it that far it's it's a cold world down there in the the depths of coruscant plus the whole like, you know, thing, get, the whole war gets set off right after that happens. So like the purge happens. So he's got to go underground um, immediately. And like he could just he could be like the wandering samurai. Like, I don't know. He could do anything. Yeah. Uh, just have time to sort of think about the mistakes that were made. And like maybe it's a lot of him just sort of thinking about, you know, he's like, you know what? This is my fault. You know, instead of blaming Anakin, he's just like has to look inside himself and be like. I did this actually. And so he goes into a, you know, exile of his own. I, I mean, Mace, Mace is Boba Fett's grail. So like maybe if yeah. there is, if Mace is still functioning in the underworld somewhere, Boba Fett learns of it. And that's a fantastic reveal for a season two, three, you know, yeah. major uh, confrontation. It's yeah. cool stuff. I mean, two great characters, uh, Really interested to see what they do with Boba Fett. Um, I know the directors were just announced. I think we talked about it last week. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, very exciting stuff. I think, you know, with, yeah, with Mace Windu, to actually answer Jason's question, I think, uh, I think Mace Window, Windu wins by like a breath, maybe, but it's like super close or. Boba Fett kills him. Like, honestly, if it's like post Return of the Jedi, I think probably Boba Fett's in better shape. But it would be, a, I think it, it, it would be, it would be a close one um, if they fought again. No, much closer than, than Windu versus Django. Yeah. It depends on the circumstance. I mean, this is like greatest war, like the History Channel show where they evaluate warriors through history. And uh, it'd be fun to right, see right. version of that. Where you it basically cuts. evaluate all the uh, the warriors through the timelines there, Clone Wars, Black Civil War, etc. Could be fun. Yeah, yeah, because we don't we don't really know 
what a Mace Windu would look like. But yes, I, I do think that uh, Bobo's overalls is more com- will be more competitive than uh, than Django. So that's our uh, male Bagano for this week. If you're having clone problems, I feel bad for you, son. I have 99 problems, but the Bad Batch ain't one. Uh, hit me! Another segment we're going to cover the Bad Batch. Uh, this was episode 12, Rescue on Rylaw. Uh, outstanding episode if you're a fan of clone the clone characters, clone troopers, uh, just this clone storytelling overall. Uh, uh, Commander Hauser, really yeah. fun arc for that character in this episode. Uh, Hera is just outstanding. Um, she's kind of the... Uh, integral to the plot um saving her father um but just overall just a really outstanding episode to see the morals of clone troopers and to see yeah just how their 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 minds the inner workings you know are are, are working after the chip after order 66 and and hauser seems to st- still come to this kind of realization that what they're doing is immoral um on ryloth and and, and sort of counteracts the programming and, and goes against um, the kind of martial rule and saves uh, Champs and Dula and everyone really at the end. Uh, yeah. So really fun arc for um, Commander Hauser. Yeah. I yeah. love that Filoni created a new character there that like, you know, took it or created a new clone. I mean, clones are clones, right? But I love that he, he was like, Nope, we're going to pluck a new character out and develop him um, and tell a new story from a clone's point of view that they like he clearly like Filoni clearly was like, Nope, there's more stuff I really want to say that needs to be said from these clones point of view. He's like, you know, milking them all the way, man. He's been writing about them for 10 years now. Um, but they're done. It's, it's just really well. It's, it's great to see another evolution with clones and, and what's going on there. Yeah. Um, and in the last episode, this was obviously in the last episode, uh, or, uh, Orn Frita had sort of betrayed champs and doula. They had been captured, uh, Admiral Rampart, uh, obviously there, um, um, sort of calling the shots for the Empire. Yeah. And uh, in this episode now, uh, you know, Hera and the Bad Batch come to save Shams and Dula and um, uh, the, uh, his family. And um, and in that moment, uh, just after that, Hauser, there's sort of this plot where Crosshair's there, um, elite clone troopers are there, um, a sort of clone battalions there. They're all taking they're all basically taking aim at this, 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 uh, blast door. And, uh, it's, it, and just behind the door, Hauser's like, listen, if you got this door, you're going to die. And it basically holds us all in suspense. The audience, basically, we're all just kind of holding our breath. We're like, please don't open that door. Like if you open that door, it's the firing squad out there. It's again, right. with this sort of like, you know, firing squad and this kind of like really intense kind of dark feeling of, of the aftermath of war and sort of this the fascistic takeover. Um, and then Hauser saves all of them. And it's really cool. Just a really fun arc for that character. Um, just, he's, he's quickly rising to be one of my favorite clone commanders of all time. Like really hope they release a black series of that. that big, yeah. Like yeah, super- is he an arc trooper? Or- I think they're just like the turquoise color schemed kind of like clone unit. Like they're just yeah. the Ryloth designated Ryloth unit. Right. Like that's, yeah. 
Yeah, I think the pauldron just signifies that he's like a commander, like that's his people, but he's not. Yeah. If you have two of them, then you're like an archtrooper or something like that. This matters for reasons, but yeah, like, <laughs> to me, to me, I'm just, just like, oh, I need cool to know. I, I walked away from this episode thinking Hauser was probably the coolest clone commander I've seen in a long time. I was like, this is an awesome character. Love that he has the wherewithal to question what they're doing on Ryloth, what the what the Empire is yeah. doing. Like yeah, where's his so chip? Cool. Where's his inhibitor chip, right? Like, yeah, his only like real is weird that this is turning into a Hauser like episode. Yeah. Now, but, um, he there's some chopper only, action. There's Hera. I mean, there's other Omega. I know, but we're yeah. only talking about Hauser. On this yeah, one. This is like, no, there's no so But he, yeah. So his only like loyalty is to his his squad. He like his squadron's still there, but he's not like he's not feeling the good soldiers follow orders thing from um from the empire and i wonder what's 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 up with that like does he you know did he get his chip removed or is it faulty like what's going on there um and actually maybe is he gonna get his chip enhanced and he's gonna get the crosshair like treatment like because he he got captured again in like a mahatma gandhi slash nelson mandela move like so, you know, he just, like, gave himself up as, like, a, you know, like, this is how we're going to do it. Like, I'm not going to abandon my troops, so I need to set an example for them. And, I mean, it's that's a tough road. That's a he tough down road. His it, it evoked kind of Luke Skywalker in a yes. lot of ways. It was really powerful, that scene. Uh, and then other clones threw down their blasters and sort of uh, their shields. Right. Uh, sort of joined him in the sort of pacifist kind of uh, uh, action, too. Yeah. denounce the violence denounce the takeover pretty cool stuff yeah that's gonna have some that's gonna have some ripples going forward i bet we're gonna see like they're, they might get taken back to camino and like you know it's definitely gonna be evidence more evidence against a clone army see like do the them. clones work for a wage and like housing because like i don't i don't know what their situation is but it seems like the conscripts have potential to be more to do you know more authoritarian evil actions yeah. because they're working for money i guess like is, is, that, is that the empire's thinking like i don't know what the what the empire's thinking is but i think that what you what might happen in the show is you might see more and more clones sort of question what the empire's do I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that happens yeah yeah i think that might be the way it's going there um, we get a lot of Hera, Syndulla. So this is obviously the second episode of this arc. Is This arc could take us to the end. I mean, so 11, 12, we still have 13, 14, 15, 16. So we still have four more episodes. I, I'm curious to see how maybe that's the end of the arc, actually, because they sort of saved them and that's it. Just like, yeah, oh, I think this is the duology. Yeah. yeah. So that now there's four more episodes left to go and we'll sort of see what's up with that. But we got a lot of Omega. We get to see like, Hunter really looks to Omega as his moral compass, which is interesting. Hunter's just like, I love that he's so willing to listen to her and just be like, you know what? You know a lot more about humanity than I do. I just, all I know is just killing. And and she's like kind of the ethical one of the squad of, of all their, like, you know, the things that you we could get out of this. Like, she's kind of the ethical one. So, um, I don't know. Did you enjoy uh, Omega in this? Did you like that sort of interplay with Hera and Omega? Yeah, I think um, the Hera and Omega kind of relationship that you got from the last episode to this episode is phenomenal. It's like it's it. That's I think my favorite kind of um, ongoing relationship. I think is that the Hera and Omega stuff. How they're both kind of these burgeoning heroes. One 
you know, with the Bad Batch one, with the Rebels. Uh, cho- there's some awesome Chopper scenes in this yeah. episode. Uh, I love Chopper, like seeing Chopper and any live action, anything is always rad. Uh, yeah, he's such, such a funny droid. And I love in the credits, it's always credited as himself. They're like, nope, Chopper's just Chopper. Um, yeah, and like Tech is flying, I think, in this this episode too. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, Tech Tech's got some funny one-liners. He's still kind of cynical and bitter, but you know it's all good. Um, I said something hilarious in this episode. I'm, I'm forgetting what he said, but it was funny. It was something funny. Um, this episode was outstanding. Like honestly, the Hauser stuff really just kind of stuck stuck out. It was what really what I thought was the most kind of uh, monumental and sort of like storytelling. It was an interesting new kind of landmark for clone behavior. Yeah, yeah. So th- that was really interesting. Uh, yeah, I, that was awesome. I'm excited for the next episode. I'm excited for these these last four episodes we have. Should be fun. Yeah, I like the sort of mini arcs. I hope they keep doing that, like just more vignettes. And so it just makes the their story more dynamic and go sort of crazier places and things. I mean, they still now we have um, Crosshair uh, chasing them down, like literally hunting them down. So that's going to come to a head at some point, maybe next episode. Um but yeah, I love how it's you know the story's moving quickly and a lot there's a lot of action and there's a lot of uh, important events in the plot that are taking place week to week. Um, that's pretty cool. I wanted to see like that shuttle that Hera stole and like so we start to see her first sort of flying on her own in this episode, which is fun. Um, I wanted to see like oh I could like she's gonna trade it in for the ship or something or she you know. Maybe the money that he had her kip, you know, um, that that Hunter gave away for some reason, like they're going to turn it into a YT 1300 freighter or something yeah. like the ghost. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah cause I, I'd love, I mean, if we're going to do a Hera origin, you know, let's, let's see how she gets the ghost. But, uh, that would be phenomenal to see that. That would be really cool. Yeah. I just want to walk through the ghost again. I, I love that ship. Yeah. <laughs> She is one of the coolest pilots, I would say, in the galaxy. So more, yeah. more Hera. She could get her own series, honestly. You could do something between Rebels and Bad Batch and Rebels. It's just Hera. Yeah. I love her depiction in the books uh, post Return of the Jedi. I think she's a great general, and it, it she adds a lot of gravity. And her history is fantastic. And again, you know, if you haven't watched uh, the Rebels animated series, it's just four seasons, and it's fantastic. It's it's prime Star Wars. It's classic Star Wars. It's very uh, much in Lucas's image, uh, and it's it's a it's a great ride. Um, every time I see characters from there, I just want to rewatch the series again because it's it's so fun. So yeah, if you like if you like the Wars and Stars, that's a good one. Um, yeah, anything else we we missed on this episode? We're flying through Bad Batch this week without Adam. That, that concludes my thoughts. I didn't have a lot of thoughts. Uh, I mean, I've got notes and notes on Rising Storm. I cannot wait to discuss that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be discussing that as soon as possible. We might be recording that, you know, this at some point this weekend. Uh, yeah. And that'll be out there soon enough for our listeners. But uh, and we have so many thoughts on that. There's so many theories. Uh, we've been we've got the yarn and the the uh, the, the, uh, the tape up where we're looking, we're, we're putting <laughs> different ideas together. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a blast. That'll be its own episode. Um, yeah. That'll, that'll be a good time. Can't, looking forward to that. And we've got the uh, the comics this week, too, which we will we'll get to. Just before we move on to the comics, though, uh, Crosshair. You think he's redeemable at this point? 
No, I don't. I think Crosshair and, and a Bad Batch member are going to cancel each other out. I don't know which one, but it just it's just mm-hmm. seems doomed. Uh, or you know, I would love I would love to see Crosshair take out Rampart and then take out a Bad Batch person. Like I think just I like totally go rogue. Yeah, go like totally a wall. Yeah, just go. Mm, yeah, that's a, that would be exciting. That'd be fun. Um, but you know, good soldiers follow orders. That would be a, that would be crazy if it just broke and he's just like. Yeah, but you could really you could have fun with that though. You know, like Kim and Owens could have a data pad and use him or something. You know, yeah, who knows? Oh yeah, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I was just thinking today. It's just like tough. I'm, I'm it. All I can think about is Adam's idea that like they're going to like take the chip out of him or, or try to defuse the chip. But it's like, it, it was never active in the first place. And like, really, he's just like, <laughs> he's, he's like the Voldemort of the, the mutated clones. Uh, like he is the snaky snakish sort of. Yeah. Uh, Near do well. He, he just, his voice just sounds very sneaky. I don't know. Like, I don't think he's a redeemable character in that. I think he's supposed to represent some sort of like, serial killer gene or something like i don't know he's just a weird character like uh, he's a killer like he's a sniper let's be real here he's a character that uh you know uh, just sort of always deals a lethal blow you know like that's just what right right i don't think there's a redemption story there or i don't think you need a redemption story i think that character is meant to basically he's he's basically going to create trauma in the, the story at some point yeah and that's it like, I don't know what else to do with that character. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, he got pretty gnarly head wound. I know it's not really adding much to this conversation, but uh, I love that they made it like he's a really gross head wound now, which is like, OK, I haven't seen that yeah. too much. But I like well, that he's get, changed. Like, burned by that ion engine like that. Yeah. Just he got lit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. Anyways. It's going to be a fun ride. This is one of the ones when we get closer to the end. I'm just I'm looking forward to watching the whole thing just like in one sitting because yeah. uh, they're fun stories. Every time I finish one of these, it's like it's just like a it's like an appetizer and I'm waiting for the main course. Um, just like 30 minute episodes. Every time I like I, I have to watch more Star Wars after I see one of these episodes because it just gets me fired up to watch Star Wars stories. Good, good Star right. Wars. Story I have a fun thing. To, I have a fun thing. If, if in Book of Boba Fett. All right. If we do get another clone, if we do get a Tamar Morrison acted kind of elderly clone, out of all the characters, who 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 would make the most sense for Boba Fett? Man, well, we know Rex is probably alive, but he's an old man. He looks like Santa Claus in uh, Return of the Jedi already. Um, so I mean, they could they could probably do that. I feel like Rex makes the most sense because he's like the most prominent clone. Wouldn't Omega but, make the most sense, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought you meant, like, clone <laughs> I yeah, think Omega I, might make an appearance. In I think she's going to die, dude. I think she's going to die. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, there's just some things. It's like, oh, yeah. But it's just like, if she was so close with Hera, how come we never saw her in in Rebels, right? How come we didn't? How come she's not her, like, closest confidant? general on you know Hera's ship after the battle of endor like where is she if like Hera and omega are this tight like these old friends i think she's i think she dies and it like changes hunter and the and you know the, the team forever i just i'm just getting those vibes 
what if well i mean i'm i'm starting to theorize now that omega could be like part palpatine that's just right we talked about that just, a little bit last week because of the dejaric stuff like she's really good at the hollow chest and i was like that's that's if you read the aftermath books you know palpatine was known to play a lot of hollow chess sort of be a strategist in that yeah. in that way and i was like thinking to myself you know what's what could the ultimate fate be of that character and it's like man for the kaminoans to maybe control her in some way would be terrifying like oh, wow. if there's a chip still left you know in her maybe it's on a chip maybe it's some sort of other biomarker of some kind uh you know technological device i don't know but um even or or you know even worse like it for palpatine to learn about this clone you know what right. i mean that's the implications of that are terrifying uh, right she ends up in one him. of his dark side dungeons somewhere exactly. terrible yeah. something terrible yeah i don't know it'd be crazy if she befell like i don't know what service like purpose that would serve to have her have this tragic end in the story but see uh, i think she's gonna be out there you know wandering the galaxy as this sort of like aragorn type like with uh with the, mm. the bow with the with the laser bow you know she's got that yeah. freaking laser bow like let's she go she does look a little more like legolas but yeah yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah i guess you're right but <laughs> but no i know, see what you mean yeah. more of a ranger you know yeah be, but like a force for good, like she's as if, you know, Boba Fett is like this frightening bounty hunter that's like cold blooded. Uh, you know, she could be the opposite. She could just go out and just help people. That would be kind of a cool thing. Like yeah. not a Jedi, but just like, yeah, this this, you know, this sort of Robin Hood character. You know, who would be awesome to see in Book of Boba Fett. I, this is weird that we're really bringing that show into this. <laughs> Uh, it's our fault for talking about um, the podcast would be really fun to get an emperor's I always thought Boba Fett would be associated with like Amara Jade or like an emperor's hand like someone who is force adept in some way so that they can then be the uh, embodiment of the Jedi hatred the hatred for the Jedi that he has and Mm. uh, you know what I mean like have a really fun back and forth have a really fun antagonist for uh, a series of legs, you know, this, this, the, the, the antagonist would create an engine for the story where it's like always fighting this Jedi, always fighting the past, you know, like I, I really fun for Boba Fett. So, oh, so that would be the Jedi. antagonist for Boba Fett would be like Amara like, Jade. Yeah. Like Amara Jade. I think that's, that would be really fun aesthetically. <laughs> like, like, man, the fight you get with Obi and Django is so great. Like it'd be fun to just do more of that with, a sort of like a Mara Jade character in Boba Fett. I mean, if there's, if there's a time to put Mara Jade in something, it doesn't even have to be Mara Jade. It can be an Emperor's Hand type character, right. you know, with... The Mara Boba. Jade would be pretty fun. Weren't we just talking... I can't remember if it was on a podcast or us just casually talking about Mara Jade, but that would be a great way to, to loop her in. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. And yeah, you're right, but it would be the other way. It's just like the Jedi, but it's like an evil Jedi. Or like, yeah, exactly. It's you're rooting character. against the Jedi in this one. Totally. That'd be fun. That would be a good good thing to do. Well, a lot of a lot of boba talk today. Um, but that's cool. Speaking of boba, why don't we uh why don't we get into War of the Bounty Hunters and Boba's Bounty Board? Bounty hunters. We don't need that scum, 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 scum. Okay, welcome to another edition of Boba's Bounty Board, a subsidiary of Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. Uh, this week, we had two comics come out. 
which is always fun. The comics are coming regularly every week. We get new comics, uh, all having to do with the War of the Bounty Hunters, which is on the crossover event uh, of the year. Um, and so this week we had Dr. Afra number 12, Party Tricks uh, by Alyssa Wong and uh, Minky Jung. And we had uh, War of the Bounty Hunters number two, um, the overarching comic, uh, The Scoundrel's, Scoundrel's Ball. Ball. Yeah, by Charles Sewell and Luke Ross. Um, I guess I'm not getting into the whole deep thing here, but uh, as far as everyone involved. Very talented excuse- individuals. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So colored by Narajman and lettered by VCs Travis Landham. We usually name everyone. Yes. But, uh, this week we're combining them. The story felt feels like it's all sort of converging now. Yes. Uh, in a way that it didn't at first. It was kind of all this setup and across across all these issues, which is if you're not following right now, it's Afra, Star Wars main run, uh, Bounty Hunters, and Darth, Darth Vader. Vader. They're all crossing over in this massive crossover event, uh, War of the Bounty Hunters. Uh, And this is part two, the Scoundrel's Ball this week. And I feel like I think we should cover Afra first almost because I think does Afra I think started off. Oh, no, no. We just covered War of the Bounty Hunters first because that's actually it sets up the ball. Yeah, I mean, technically Afra comes out first, but like so. I mean, when we're talking about crossover, this is the crossover right here. It's it's actually one physical location for both of these comics. And I have a feeling the next few are going to be here. They've been so far, um, they've been setting up this auction for Han Solo. Crimson Dawn has stolen uh, frozen Han Solo away from Boba Fett. And um, they're holding this auction and invited all the crime syndicates in the galaxy. Anyone who's anyone in the galaxy is here because... Han Solo has apparently ties to everybody um, and just to put Crimson allegedly just to put Crimson Dawn back on the map. Um, but it's hilarious things. because it was it's it's peddled as this auction to the huts and others. Uh, but I think the Pikes at one point are like we were told this would be a private meeting. Yeah. And it's it seems like Lady Kira, if you're catching on, uh, you know, it, you're just jumping into these issues. Uh, we, we find out that Crimson Dawn, of course, is being run by by Kira. Uh, she's yeah. still around. She's still in the picture. Uh, it seems like Maul is gone, and she's now leading the syndicate. And uh, and she she's basically gathered all of the the galaxy's sort of greatest uh, crime lords into one room. Yeah, I mean, because I think some the of the our... empire, which was surprising, right? And the empire in two factions, which right. is kind of crazy. Slymore, which is I love that we're doing a deep dive on. Yeah. Slimewar, who's the bald-headed uh, female Umbaran aide to Palpatine, and she has her own nefarious objectives. And then uh, Darth Vader has his own objectives aside from Slimewar, so they're all there. Um, it's really pretty great. Yeah, Kira of feature film Solo fame. Solo fame. Um, it's great to see her again. It's, so there's still a lot of unknowns here, but... It's tough to really differentiate these episodes because they both take place in the same in the same yeah. location and in the same events occur in both comics. Right. But we get a couple side stories. Right. So the first one's Afra, and we get, you know, she's sneaking in here with Sanastaros um, because she's trying to gain information for Domina Tag uh, to sort of, you know, to make good on her promise there and her debts that she needs to pay. Um, and then Boba Fett is really our featured character for War of the Bounty Hunters. He's kind of our point of view. 
um, and we see how he gets in there and their paths directly cross. Um, yeah, I guess yeah. why don't we start with Afra? I mean, so she thinks she's just going to sneak in there, but of course, you know, everyone, she's double crossed everyone at this auction. It's, it's a snake pit. It's a viper pit for her. And, yeah. and she's like, Oh no, it's cool. No one will even know us. And then, you know, she runs across someone that instantly recognized her, a hooded figure. <laughs> right. And then and it was, is that, out. is that character from the black sun uh, syndicate? Is that character in a previous issue of Afra? Cause it feels like that character in Afra had crossed paths before. And maybe if I had looked back yes. on some of the, the other issues. Yeah. The female she, character that she spills a drink on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they insinuated that heavily, but they didn't do a marker like, Oh, from this episode, um, which yeah, sometimes I didn't is. see that either. So, um, but it did feel like they had a history. Um, I love the fact that Afra identified that this black sun female had, uh, jewelry, this like blingy necklace that's like designed each jewel s- stored valuable information, like different valuable information. I thought that was a really cool device. Um, like plot device and actual device. And I really want to know what's going on in those. Like essentially it's a necklace made of beautiful thumb drives. Um, and I want to know what information is stored there. Yeah, Data crystals. Yes. Cool. Data crystals. Very uh, cool stuff. Uh, and then after we see like hacks into them, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Uh, then we get some just lucky stuff later in the issue, which is, um, which is cool to see together that story is sort of interwoven in here. It's still um, a big part of Afra. Um, right. Cause they're still trying to like the, the person who is the grandfather of the whole of, of the, the daughter that's, you know, gonna heal the wound between or, or bring together the unbroken, the unbroken clan, clan and Warner's whale. Yeah. 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 Like, so he's there. So that's really just lucky's, um, mission is to to you know he still keeping that through line for that episode and you know afra is just chaos right she's just like doing whatever's right like whatever's right in front of her she's stealing making out with you know helping um you know just doing like her chaotic afra thing which is always fun yeah and then i mean when we talk about these comics converging i mean they basically they have the same ending I would say, yes. Like both both issues, War of the Bounty Hunters, uh, Part Two, and then Afra Twelve, both end with Jabba betting a million dollars for um, Solo, winning the auction, and then Vader arriving and, and being like, "Now nah, that's announcing not- that uh, Solo's his, Captain Solo yeah. belongs to me." Like very much in line with what Vader would do, be like auction, smoction, that's yeah. mine. Who's going to say no? And then Afra has uh, uh, basically a, a nervous breakdown. <laughs> it's totally like, yeah, absolute panic attack and just curls into a ball and is like, nah. Um, I just want to go back to that Jabba auction thing we talked about a little off air. So like the invitation was like to Jabba, but like the huts get wind of it. I feel like they're like, it's too powerful a move for like all the huts to not converge on it. Obviously, I think. Uh, Vader plants uh, Boku or Bro- Groga or Braca or yeah the, Boku, yeah Boku the 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 swole swole uh, hut the swole hut, um, the Jim Tanning laundry hut, 
Um, <laughs> so he's there and sort of like, hey, let's get out of here. How about we just leave like before Vader gets there? Um, but I love it. Like, so it's like an auction going on and then Jabba just gets tired of the auction and is like, how about a million credits? How about we just end this right now? Here's a million credits. Right when the, you know, the the top bet was around like 175,000. Which is wild to me that he bet a million credits for, uh, you know, Han that he would have gotten probably for less from yeah. a deal he already made. But, um, but I can't imagine that Han will remain Jabba's or the credits will even, you know, change hands. Yeah. Yeah, Exchange hands. Cause I feel like something's going to go down. And I think at the end of this issue, that's you basically get the, the catalyst for what I think will be the, the, the the kind of the, the crashing of the entire party, which is Vader storming in there. And just, I think just igniting his saber and slashing away. Like, I think this next issue might be just be like a bloodbath. Chaos. Yeah, yeah. And that would be fun because then it would be, then Boba Fett could recover Han and it could just go as I think we all imagined, which is Boba Fett delivering Han, making good. Right, because Boba Fett's, he's only in it for professional integrity at this point. Like, he doesn't lose a bounty. Like, at this point, it's his reputation that he's fighting for and he's fighting hard. And so we see, you know, this hooded figure out Afro and be like, I need you to create a diversion for me. And I do, how did which order did you want, read these in? Did you do Afro first or did you do uh, Bounty Hunters or War of the Bounty Hunters? I did Afro first and then I did War of the Bounty Hunters. Did you was there any question in your mind who this hooded figure was? No, not at all. Yeah, it was definitely like it was it's Boba, right? Yeah, but you don't really you don't see the mask or anything crazy there. You're just like, okay, this this is going on, and then when you see when you read War of the Bounty Hunters, you get the Boba Fett point of view, and you see where he got that outfit from, and what trials and tribulations he had to go through to get there, including fighting off Bosk randomly, and yeah, he cut Bosk's legs. Felt, that was just out of nowhere. Bosk just rolled up and. But it gave way to some fantastic dialogue between mm. the two. Where he's like, "It'll grow back" or something when they yeah. cut off his like tail or something. Yeah, he cuts off his legs and straps to like, like a rock. <laughs> he's like, "You'll be fine." And then he's like, "I want you to like, I want to deliver a message. Don't, just don't." Right. <laughs> it's like okay, that's fun. Right. Like Boba's tagline should be like, "Don't, don't do it." Yeah, and there's there's a great line too where Bosk is like, "You can't leave me out here. I'm cold blooded. I'll freeze," or like, "Yeah, I, I'll freeze. I'm cold blooded." And both he's like, "So am I." So am I. <laughs> yeah, that line was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, bring on the Bosk. Anything like Bosk always yeah. delivers, dude. Any scene with Bosk lets other characters shine. Like, come on. Yeah, Bosk. More Bosk. Let's go. Um, this is just a really fun this duo of comics here. Like I loved reading both of them. I'm loving this 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 gala, this event. It's really cool. Um, with Vader arriving again, I have to think that it's gonna it's gonna go bad. Uh, and Boba looks like he's in control. So yeah, he's got a plan, and he he's got to figure it out. I, I you know I put my money on Boba on this. Obviously, we kind of know what happens in Return of the Jedi. So. Uh, Boba's still in Jabba's good graces, so I think he's probably going to work this out. But still, it's great. We've got so now in the same room we have Kira, and we have Princess Leia and Lando Calrissian and Chewbacca, and Darth Vader. Yeah, let's speculate. Can we start speculating now? Let's do it. Let's. It's All speculation right. time. Um. So 
writing these this series, writing this massive event, I think there there has to be some sort of a reason. I think like I, when you think about the films and you think about the original trilogy and all the characters, like there has to be a reason to write these these stories. And I think one cool aspect of this where the characters are in the story right now is we have Leia and Kira very close to each other. Mm. Characters that both care about Han deeply and had romantic, you know, links to Han. And it's to have those two characters interact would be fascinating. Yeah. Um, to have Kira fight Vader would be fascinating. Yeah. Uh, we've seen her fight with a Vibrosword. I mean, we know a Vibrosword can fight against a lightsaber. Why not, you know, see what that looks like? Yeah. Um, and what's Kira her style? Is it Terrascata? She could rise up to be the Mara Jade or like the big sword wielding um, character that kind of um, the Mara Jade was. In, in oh, this. that'd be interesting. What yeah. if it's this is all just an application to the Empire? She wants to be like Lord Vader's hand or something. Oh, man, that's incredible. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that would be outstanding. But the Empire ruined her life in a lot of ways because of that border crossing and systems to control like she's also i think she's she goes against the grain and i don't think she likes these yeah uh, large-scale you know bureaucracies and authoritarian and regimes. she's a survivor too right like so she was captured she was sold to the crimson dawn she survived um uh no, i want to say quinlan boss what's his name uh dryden boss dryden yeah um she survived maul somehow and somehow she, which is, I think, my biggest question reading these comics is where did Maul go? And uh, we talked about this last episode, so I don't want to, like, you know, harp on this. But, uh, like, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, with what you get with Luke and Vader in these comics, these sort of flashbacks and these red flashbacks, like, that's so fitting for Maul. I mean, Maul's color scheme is red. Like, let's yeah. do, do really inventive flashbacks look like almost Rorschach kind of designs with his paint you know like yeah fun pages like i see so many fun pages you could do with just yeah. mall flashbacks yeah it's really fascinating they can go anywhere because you know yeah like i was saying she's a schemer right so it's there's got to be another angle she's not just throwing a pretty party to make some credits and like you know i think she's gonna lock the doors like, and it's gonna be a bloodbath honestly like i think take out like all gray. the whole like, underworld this be, yeah this is gonna be wild i think this I is that I, I really do the red wedding crimson dawn like it's going to be a bigger red wedding than the red wedding in that you have a a syndicate is named crimson dawn like i don't know so you're saying she wants Uh, to kill each other she's gonna poke the bear and just like i mean she you invite vader to a party i mean i guess he invited himself but she brings this person here like that that, i love that angle i love that angle where she's like her whole thing is just taking down all the crime syndicates I mean, she could do it for selfish reasons, too. Like, she could arrange it so the Crimson Dawn's the only one that leaves that place alive. But uh, that'd be wild. She tries to take out, you mean, just take out everybody. It'd be, I mean... Honestly, a cool ending to this whole thing would be Kira fighting Vader and besting him in front of the criminal underworld and being like, I am the boss dog of the underworld. And then... Right. You fear Kira, and there's like stakes, and you're like, "Oh, Kira's a big player." Yeah, because you know, I mean, we don't really see too much organized crime post Return of the Jedi. You know, like you know it's there, but like the like full syndicates would be kind of interesting if it's just like Crimson Dawn rules, and then you have you know like 
minor skirmishes on various planets and stuff, but like Crimson Dawn sort of just fills that void and is this mega force in the galaxy for like criminal dealings. I don't know. There's a lot of ways I could go on this, but they could really. I feel like Voku the Hutt is going to fight someone. <laughs> Vader, maybe. That would be cool. Yeah. I mean, he's what's he working out for if he's not going to use those muscles for something? That'd be a fun brawl. Um, and, you know, Jabba's got another angle, too. Like, it, there's something like he's he's not a dumb guy. Like he he's got always got an angle. You're right. Like he's I doubt he's going to pay that million credits. He's going to find some way to actually make a million credits. In the what if it? Yeah, that's that's what this could lead to. I think that with the way Jabba has been written in the comics, you know, previous to this, uh, he is the mastermind, I would say. Like, you know, that's that's how I describe Jabba the Hutt. So what if he's really just trying to allocate a million credits somehow and then give Boba that money and so that he he doesn't lose uh you know a cent on right. on the bounty that he wants. You know, like Jabba is gonna have the upper hand by the end of this. I just don't know how. I j it's just that's right. just how the character works. Right. And we know ultimately he he walks with Han. So, yeah. Yeah. Wild. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited about this event. I love this auction. I've been, you know, I think we've had what, six or between six and eight episodes or issues um, in War of the Bounty Hunters leading up to this. Um, we've been going for a month and a half now. And uh, it's been, you know, everything's been pointing towards this moment in this event. So, Super fun. It's what if we get up. Vader versus Boba? That makes perfect sense because they're yeah. kind of testy at the end of Empire. Like, there's you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it, Vader respects Boba, but I can't see Vader burning that bridge. I think Vader would burn that bridge in a heartbeat, honestly. I mean, I I'm sorry, like, Boba burning that bridge. Boba wouldn't want to, but I think Vader would be like, You had your chance, bounty hunter, or something. Like, I think Vader would burn that bridge pretty quick Vader's the type of guy that would be like go kill my son and then when you kill his son you'd be like I hate you because you killed my son I'm gonna kill you you know like <laughs> that's like that's what Vader would do like he's just raw hatred for whatever reason it's at the end. yeah it's just most destruction possible yeah um, yeah just kill them all well there's we can't talk, he is you know uh, flanked by death troopers too, so he's got oh, yeah. guys on either side. Uh, it's not going to be good. Like this event is not going well so far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. The auction <laughs> happened all too quickly, and then now Vader's here, and it's it's a lot. It's, I, uh, I I love the quote. We were like in like the fifth panel of the uh, of the event, and someone's like, "I can't believe no one's died yet." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's like a couple people saying that. It's just like, gosh, how come no one's died? Yeah, that, like, that was people what I, hate I each other. Yeah, they're like, why are we even here? Like, I thought this was yeah. to be an intimate thing. It's like, yeah. what? Yeah, the Pikes were totally hoodwinked. They're just like, like this was supposed to be a private meeting. What? What's this, this auction all about? Pikes, yeah, man, just they just get uh, doomed from the start. It, it was pretty cool when we got the Pike POV because they're like, they're like. I'm just going to, I think they say something like, I'm just going to buy Solo and kill him because they're still mad about Kessel, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we do get the gang in War of the Bounty Hunters. We do get Luke, Leia, 
Chewie and Lando. Right. Luke's on comms. He's actually not there. I think oh, he's not there. Yeah, it's just Lando. But Lando, Chewie, Leia, and maybe C-3PO? I don't know. I think they brought a droid or two. He's on the ship, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely Lando and Leia, which is like, I don't know. As soon as I see them, even if it's a comics, I'm just like taken back to the original trilogy and I just get those feels again. It's it's just, I don't know, like, and it has to do with the the illustration and the writing um but it's just like i'm just get those like ot feels whenever they show up in any in any of these comics they do such a great job um it just it puts me there so um yeah i don't know i mean other than that kira meeting i don't know what they're gonna do i mean as soon as they see vader they're like we gotta go um but i think leia leia is still in it for han she's like she's willing to do whatever it takes so yeah, a lot more to come. I wonder how many more issues are going to take place at this auction. Um, next week, I think we get oh we get Darth Vader. So maybe we get Darth Vader's POV um, while he's just shredding this party. Um, oh, and then we get Jabba the Hut number one. So we'll get Jabba's POV. Uh, oh yeah, so Darth Vader the blade behind the curtain. Well, wow, that's cool. Job of the Hut one trust issues and Star Wars fifteen friends and enemies. Man, this is oh, dude. Jo, uh, Justina Ireland is doing Job of the Hut one. That's gonna be sick. That's uh, fantastic. I can't wait. Yeah, it'll be great. And Sewell's back for the Star Wars run, so um, that's pretty cool. So. I don't know. Anything else we missed on on these two comics? No. Uh, really fun writing from Alyssa uh, Wong and Charles Sewell. So. Cool. We did it. Um, thanks very much, everyone, for uh, listening to us this week. There's so much exciting stuff going on in Star Wars right now, even though it's not live action or feature films. Um, these books and comics um, and animated series are just a blast. They're just really... I, Star Wars keeps evolving and the production value keeps getting better and the story writing keeps getting better and um, they're really doing exciting things. So um, glad you're listening to us and, um, you know, enjoy all the Star Wars. Um, and then looks like we, uh, Adam might still be on that comet. So um, we're going to have to push the uh, review of Rising Storm a little bit uh, later. But uh, it will be coming out. We'll do a, a standalone episode at some point um, just for Rising Storm because it's an amazing book and uh, can't wait to talk to you about it. But we need we need the full full team together, the full ensemble core world news team together to uh, make that happen. So um, we'll get that out soon. But um, thanks very much for listening to us this week. And we'll talk to you soon. May the force be with you. Always. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Coreworld News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. <laughs>